Okay, we're going to get things started here. Doing a check to make sure everything's going, doing all my checks, got everything set, got my notes, got all my stuff. Oh my goodness, we're just going to wait for some people to trickle in and yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I mean, I say this every week, it's been a crazy week. Um but it's also been a crazy week for the show. I mean, the show continues to grow. Um, something big happened recently. That's kind of why I called the show, this episode the big split for a few reasons. But um, one, of the, one of the main reasons I, I called this episode the big split is the show has split. I was telling people about this early last week that my my master plan was to split the show up because it was getting too big. And I've been doing the show for years now. And when I say too big, I really kind of mean too long. Because um, when I first started the show, there was, you know, it was hard to fill an hour. Now it's impossible to keep it under, you know, two or three hours. It's nuts. Um Lots of people who have shows in the ecosystem have said this. It's a good thing though. But I started to have interviews on the show. That was a whole new thing. I love doing interviews. I got, I, I've been able to interview so many amazing people in the ecosystem, like Rob Allen and um, even uh, Matt Smith. He's from Dovu. And it's, it's just too much for one show. But I also didn't want to start another show, right? I've had people reach out. Um, you know, I've had all sorts of opportunities for partnerships and sponsorships and all sorts of different things. And this is a, the show is pretty small still. I mean, the ecosystem's small. I think there's room to grow, but I didn't think that it would grow this fast. And I did something cool on Friday for the first time in a long time. The Hashgraph Enthusiast show was live with just an interview. I interviewed Matt from CTO of Dovu. We had a great conversation. It was like a separate show, but it was part of the same show. Um, and this is the big split that's happened. Um, it's grown. I've had to make some changes. Things are going to be a little different moving forward. That's kind of a theme right now. I want to make changes with the show, right? The the community, the audience, um, and and the Hedera ecosystem has have changed so much over the years. The show's got to change with it. Um, People keep making awesome contributions to the show. They're sending HBAR contributions. I'm going to get some new equipment. But most importantly, I've been changing the format of the show, reworking a lot of things on the back end. Like there's a whole research component to this show, right? I do probably five hours of research every week. Um, and it's really extensive because I want to be able to drill down really complex stories into simple things, share my thoughts. I have a lot of history in the ecosystem. I know a lot of people. I want to give those insights. And then I got to try to do an interview. No, it's got to be two separate things. It's got to be its own world. So right now, here's how the show works. It is Hashgraph Enthusiasts, News, and Interviews. That's the show. The news is right now, right? Every Sunday. And the interviews are whenever. Probably going to do an interview every week. Maybe it's less, maybe it's more. It gives me some flexibility. Most importantly, it gives the guests flexibility. Um, 
whatever day, whatever time. I want to be able to be get the best guests. And I want the new show to be able to have room to breathe and have room to talk about all these topics and not try to cram too much in. I was feeling I was rushing a lot of the news when I had an interview. It was, it was too much and I was missing too much. So, and this is also based off a lot of feedback from people. Um, and I just am so excited about the future of this show, mostly because I've done a lot of podcasting in the past. This isn't my first show. And one of the things that gets me most excited about this show is the fact that the Hedera community is still pretty small, but it's so powerful. And I've been in it for so long and have, and have such a story inside the ecosystem and have built up so much knowledge that when we do enter a bull market, right? When the community does grow, I want the Hashgraph Enthusiast show to be a great place for people to come regularly to stay up to date, hear cool conversations and have it be a really great excuse for me to really force myself to stay up to date, stay connected, you know? Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff I want to do with the show. Um, and it's a really exciting time. One thing I want to mention is not going to be happening right now, but just, you know, I'm as I'm saying, you know, there's a lot changing. There's a lot happening with the show. Um, I'm thinking about the time slot for the news show, right? The news show right now is every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's been like that for over a year. Um, the, sh the time of this news show has changed in the past, back when it was on Clubhouse. Shout out to all the people that were on Clubhouse. But it might change again because it's hard, you know? I think that the most important thing, and I've said this many times, is showing up is 90%. Um, of the battle when you're trying to build a community, when you're trying to help out, when you're trying to grow the ecosystem, but, you know, grow a show, right? You have to show up. There's got to be an episode every week. Um, so there's been an episode every week um, other than, you know, when I've been sick or my wedding recently. And the time of the show, I think might change in the future. I've asked people before, People like the time of the show, but I'm getting, I'm seeing too many messages like this. I'll read something. Uh, Coinman, the H barbarian on Twitter, like legend in the community. He says, he shares this, the link to this show today. He says, if you're awake at this ungodly hour, this is always a good show. I listen back a few days later. Um, now he's in the UK. My wife just left recently about an hour ago to go to a bonfire with some family right? It's 7 p.m. here in Ottawa. So the time of the show, it just feels like things have changed in my life. Things are changing in the ecosystem, in the community. There, I feel like there's a better time for this new show, right? A better regular time. So I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to be asking people on Twitter. We'll come up with a plan. Nothing crazy soon, but big changes happening in the show, right? The news is going to have a consistent time every week, and then we're going to have interviews and great conversations popping in and out. It's all going to come together on one feed. And the thing that brings it all together, I think, is the fact that the show is now on podcast platforms. So you can listen to the recording easily anytime. So the listenership has grown um, on that front because I want it to, I want the live show to be broadcast at the best time it can be broadcast. And it's available everywhere now. So the live show isn't, it, it isn't that big of a deal, but I think that it could be at a better time. 
And the live show is important to me because sometimes folks stop by, bring them up, have a random conversation. It's fun. You know, you get someone like King Solomon stopping by or something. It's always a blast. <clears throat> but I'm putting the notice out. Stuff's changing. Stuff's growing. Um, I'm excited. So, you know, follow along. It's going to keep getting interesting. And with that, good evening from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. it's Brandon D. It is Sunday, September 3rd, and you're listening to episode 91 of the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. This is the weekly news, and I'm calling it the Big Split. This is where we cover the top stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Listen live on Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for now. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms and hear past episodes. Also, catch the Hashgraph Enthusiast interview episodes weekly, like I was talking about. A new format for the show as we grow. Um, my next interview is going to be a very interesting one. A very, very interesting one. Um, and this is a great example of why I got to split the show. The person I'm interviewing next week is in Dubai. And that's a limited window of time. I haven't been able to get them on the show. And by splitting up the show, I'm now going to be able to get them on the show. It's probably one of the interviews I'm most excited about. And it's an interview with somebody that I don't think folks hear from a lot in the ecosystem, but they kind of do without knowing it. So very, I'm very excited about that. So stay tuned. I'm going to be letting folks know about that interview. It's going to be a very interesting one. Follow me on X formerly Twitter. Um, get everything you need to know about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. For folks listening live now, check out the mega thread pinned up to the Jumbotron. I love the shorthand we have for spaces now, Jumbotron. As we dive into each news story, also take a moment to share the spaces with your friends. If you've got some interesting news people should know about, there's a little comment button at the bottom right of the spaces. Maybe share a photo where you're listening from. Some people will uh, share a uh, picture with me, DM it, or leave it in the comments or whatever where they're listening from. Give a cheers. Spread the good vibes. It's a Sunday. It's a beautiful night. Um, and for folks listening to the recording, leave a comment. Break down your thoughts. We're talking about a lot today. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, yeah, we got a lot going on. Um, let's talk about what we are going to cover today because I'm very excited. Today, we're going to be talking about um, that dang old Hedera Twitter account again, um, posting some spicy tweets, getting them deleted. That was interesting. We're going to talk about a partnership involving carb uh, carbon base. And this is a big one. This is what I'm really excited about. I think that this is the kind of news stories that I think when they actually kind of hit, it's going to catch people off guard because it's big stuff. We're talking about a multi-trillion dollar industry. Um, there's some news involving the SEC, of course. I mean, would this be a crypto news show without talking about the SEC at this point? We're going to talk about NFT here. Uh, we're going to talk about my thoughts on X and the uh, the interesting revenue programs they have for creators with the ad revenue share. Not the best model in my opinion, and I'll tell you why. 
We're going to talk about my recent interview with Matt Smithies from Dovu. That was a very interesting interview. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to it. We had that on Friday. <clears throat> We're going to talk about Elon Musk. We're going to talk about HBAR. I mean, of course, but it's a very interesting topic right now with the price action. The Guardian. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about The Guardian, actually. Um, got a couple rumors here and there. Saucer swap updates. Rob Allen's going off about stuff. We got another bunch of rumors. We got a, a not an update, but like a... Um, Maybe a touch base on coupons, I'll say. Um, and some interesting updates. Hashpack has some cool updates. We've got a lot going on today. I love it. I dig it. Um, and, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still still just getting over this cold. I'm doing, I'm doing better. But let's dive into it here. Let's talk about something juicy. Let's talk about something juicy. Um, carbon base. I want to talk about carbon base. This is a really interesting one. So Asia's first digital native carbon registry is coming and it's powered by Hedera Hashgraph. And if we look at the story here, um, Asia has a carbon emission crisis because there isn't a carbon registry. There just isn't the foundations there for a lot of these carbon offset products and credits. And when you look at what these nations are going to have to do and the amount of these credits they're going to have to be purchased, it's massive. And to not have that supply in the system is crazy. Um, we're going to talk about kind of like where Hedera comes into this and then also the impact of this and for folks unfamiliar with the term carbon registry, a platform that allows for the registration, verification, and purchase of carbon credits. So it's, you can kind of think of it like a marketplace, um, but it's kind of the the pipeline, right, that creates that supply. Um, carbon credits, obviously, you know, certificates that represent a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. And then also mentioned here is the digital MRV. So that stands for measurement, reporting, and verification, a digital system for tracking and verifying carbon credits. Uh, carbon Base is a climate tech company focused on enabling effective climate action. And this partnership is also with Impact X, which is a social impact catalyst for sustainable solutions to pressing social and environmental challenges. And then also the IEEE, fun acronym, the Institute of Electrical and Engineer, uh, sorry, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, it's a mouthful, involved in setting standards for the project. So in Asia, the carbon emission crisis, uh, the Asia Pacific region accounted for over 50% of global carbon dioxide emissions in 2022. So this is a big contributor um, to carbon emissions. But again, there isn't a localized carbon registry for efficient emission reductions, right? There's four carbon registries in the world um, serving all sorts of different geographies and markets. And what um, Carbon Base wants to do is they want to kind of become that fifth carbon registry, but have it be, as they say, completely on chain, or I guess in this case, completely on graph. But the uh, essentially... What uh, where Hedera comes into this is 
this is developed on the Hedera network and the Global Climate Registry offers a cost-effective, transparency, and accessible solution. And this is kind of in line with what we've seen from a bunch of these other initiatives, leveraging, you know, HTS, HCS for these different things and Guardian work policy workflow engine. That's another big part of this is the Guardian that we'll be talking about as well. Um, this is going to enable small and medium-sized developers to gain recognition and provides corporate buyers with enhanced data reporting. So that's another big missing piece to this is that information flow and the validity of these credits, right? As, as many people talk about, the market as it exists today is pretty opaque and it's full of a lot of garbage and scams and all that kind of stuff. So, and bunk product. So this is the... This encompasses a lot of what we talked about in the show, just at a really big scale, right? We're talking about addressing 50% of the global carbon dioxide emissions, right? In the Asia Pacific region that does not have a carbon registry. So this digital carbon registry streamlines the measurement reporting and verification process. So the, so the MRV process, and it promotes broader engagement from businesses, industries, and governments in the collective effort to combat climate change. And so Max Song, who's the founder, gave an interview. And what he did was highlight some of the key points of this use case. Um, and as he mentioned, you know, there's four carbon registries in the world. They want to be the fifth and they want it to be all on chain, you know, or on graph. And <clears throat> the current carbon registries run on traditional databases. So that's another interesting point to this, right, is when you hear the words traditional databases and we think about the Hedera consensus service, right? That notary public that um, use cases like Atmaio from Avery Dennison use and many of these other use cases, Rob Allen has even referred to the HCS product from Hedera as almost like the gateway drug to Web3. Because when you leverage HCS, you don't necessarily have to build like a web three product, you can effectively operate it as a regular database and still get all the benefits of Hedera Hashgraph. <clears throat> Give me a minute here. I just got to sneeze. <coughs> oh man, I'm doing all I can folks. I feel like I'm at the tail end of this cold though. Also my allergies kicked in and here in Ottawa, this allergy season has just been crazy. What I think is when your immune system gets a little bit shot, your allergies start to get a little worse. Um, but that's a big component of this. When you think about it, if all these carbon registries are based off traditional databases, that, that, that creates that pathway to leveraging Hedera through HCS in a big way. Now, what Max saw highlights here, this is the really exciting part. There will be big money flows into this carbon registry. So he says, for example, China will need to spend 17 to 25 trillion dollars, that's trillion with a T, to meet their climate change solutions. And the US would be a similar scale, right? 25 trillion dollars. Other countries collectively, right? So all other countries combined will need to spend a hundred trillion dollars. So what we're talking about here is like about 150 trillion dollars worth of sounds like demand. Right, And there's not the supply to meet it. And the key to unlocking that supply is a technology like Hedera Hashgraph 
and projects like this that leverage Hedera Hashgraph because it's so in line, right? Right down to the protocol layer being a carbon negative protocol, ABFT, right? <clears throat> and and low fixed fees. It just makes sense. And this and the the gravity of this can't be understated when we're talking about tens of trillions of dollars of money flow. That's crazy. And that's not something that's going to be immediate. But this, like when you hear about a story like this, it really makes you think about that original core vision of Hedera when they talk about putting the balance sheet of the planet on Ledger. The balance sheet of the planet is probably tens of trillions of dollars, maybe even hundreds of trillions of dollars. So again, this is a big, big use case. Um, and a great way to illustrate this is the current crypto market, right? The current market cap of all of crypto, right? All the tens of thousands of cryptos out there is just $1.5 trillion. The market cap of Apple, right? One company is greater than the market cap of the entire crypto industry. So here's another interesting fact. The current green bond market is just $1.5 trillion. So when you look at those numbers and you go, okay, the current green bond market and the current crypto market, you know, combined are like $3 trillion. And you look at how this technology is going to be leveraged and the, and the demand and supply, and you start talking about tens or hundreds of trillions of dollars, it really starts to make you understand the um, opportunity here. <clears throat> and when people say, you know, oh, we're early. Like this is the definition of being early. Um, and that growth potential, that upward potential of, of these markets. So that interview that, that, uh, Max Song did, it was the founder from, uh, carbon base, like that really just got me going. And before the end of 2023, they want to launch their first product. They want to allow developers to come in to them and large companies transitioning to digital. So basically they want to go and get going and start getting these companies and developers onboarded before the end of the year. And they've already spoken to over 20 projects. So the scale is huge. It's very early. It, it's at the very beginnings of this project, but the fact that they're going public about this with an announcement, and I think they also has some publicity at Davos, right? Remember the Hedera house and all that kind of stuff. This is a really good sign that we're seeing so many of these use cases start to come online. And this really brings me to um, something I want to talk about. Actually, real quick before I do, there's there's a couple other things on this. Like we want to we want to focus on how this this is going to accelerate the adoption of carbon credits in Asia, um, and we want to look a little closer at exactly what role Hedera is going to play um, in this use case, because there's a lot of similarities between these um, ESG climate, you know, sustainability use cases, but I'm always interested to see what are the differences between each of them? Cause there are some nuanced differences, um, but it is really cool to see a lot of these use cases kind of, folding into each other and following those same paths of innovation. So that's been really amazing to see. But um, the, the a nice segue into um, another topic is 
my interview on Friday with um, Matt from Dovu, and I won't go on too long um, about this. I just want to touch on it quickly, but um, go back and listen to it. It was a great interview. Matt Smithies, CTO of Dovu. We talked about a lot. Um, a lot of people over this year have been like, ah, Dovu's kind of gone quiet. Um, there's not a lot happening, but as we've learned, there's been a lot happening behind the scenes. Many initiatives have been accelerated behind the scenes. They're leveraging AI in all new ways. And there's so many exciting things happening. Um, it was a great conversation. And I think that they're at a big, big transitionary phase of the project. And I think everybody interested in Dovo or Invested should be paying attention very closely right now. And you should definitely go and listen to that interview. But one of my favorite things was um, the fact that we got to talk about the the Dovu roadmap for the very first time, right? The the first time publicly that um, certain elements of the Dovu roadmap were shared with the community, and that was huge. And um, one big thing on that roadmap that I think I, that I've been thinking about a lot is something called the Dovu Charger. And what the Dovu charger is, is it's this whole new system and effectively pairs micropayments with APIs. And essentially, let me see if I can break this down and try to stress the importance of this. The whole internet is effectively run by APIs, right? And, and let me look up actually what the definition of API is. Um, API definition, because I can't remember the uh, application programming interface. So uh, effectively, when you're using Twitter or when you're using an internet application, you're doing all sorts of API calls. And what that means is that your the, the application you're using is making requests to another application, requesting data or some other type of thing. And all of these different types of actions cost money, right? And because those servers need upkeep, those systems need upkeep, and API calls are like a form of currency, right? So when X or Twitter says, oh, do you want to show 10 tweets on your website? It's going to be this many API calls, and those API calls are going to cost this much to serve those to you. And, and as we've known, there's been a lot of drama around API calls and those prices being raised. But what Dovu is doing with their charger initiative is they're changing the way API calls work. Whereas traditionally, an API, you go to the service, you put your credit card in, and you know you basically make calls to that service, right? So you make calls to Twitter or some other application, and you're charged for those API calls via your credit card. So already there's all sorts of different inefficiencies um, brought into the fold. And what Dovo has done is they've looked at that and what they're doing. And we talked about on the interview, we talked with Matt about um, their carbon offset onboarding, which is basically allowing somebody to use their AI powered wizard to generate complex documentation based off of input to onboard their carbon credits and help lower the barriers for people that don't have teams of lawyers and years to prepare and all those kinds of things. And that takes API calls and it takes processing those different applications. And so what Dovu has done 
is they've said, well, this is the utility for Dovu token, right? You pay for those actions on the platform using Dovu token. And they've developed this charger system. So now you've got micropayments tied with these API calls. And what they've effectively done is created a better version of what's already out there. And I'll give you a great example. A lot of people are using chat GPT and they use, and you've probably seen online, um, you know, you're using the chat GPT API, you go to the open AI website, you enter your credit card, you pay for that, all those types of things. Imagine if you could pay per API call or if OpenAI could have like a GPT token that you could have a balance of, or if we did have like a tokenized US dollar that all your banks used and you had it on your card and you could do micropayments with your tokenized government backed US dollar with those API calls, it would cost less money for the companies and the users and it would work so much better. It would be a paradigm shift in how the internet operates. And Dobu is developing this for their platform. And Matt said that this is going to be the, the Dovu charger system is going to be something that other projects can use. It'll be open source. So that's so exciting. Um, we, we talked about it a lot on the interview, but that was an exciting part of the Dovu project. And again, that is what those Dovu tokens are going to be used for. All of those interactions happening in various aspects of the application are going to be paid using Dovu token. It's going to be pretty amazing. Um, I was excited about it. We talked also too about the airdrop migration for the new Dovu token. That's a whole thing. There's a whole timeline for folks unaware. Dovu is getting rid of their current token. They're making a new token and they're going to be airdropping it. It's happening next week. So if again, if you're a holder or you're an investor, uh, listen to that interview. All the info's there. Pay attention. Reach out to Dovu. Get the information you need. That's kind of the call to action here. Um, because they're, they're a big use case. We talk about, we were just talking about, you know, um, the uh, carbon-based use case and stuff. All these ESG use cases, they're all connected in all sorts of different ways. They're all using each other's systems. So it's going to be really important to pay attention. Up next, we're going to talk about NFT or <clears throat> the NFT space. Some exciting things have happened there. Um, NFT is going to be revolutionizing, um, kind of how data driven decisions happen for collectors and creators with this new advanced analytics dashboard. So they got some new features. It's all about advanced analytics. Um, and <clears throat> basically if folks are unfamiliar with terms like, you know, rarity engine, which is a tool that helps determine an NFT's rarity. Um, so Basically, um, they're going to be launching a couple new features. Smart contract launch pad, which is really important for a lot of people. They're going to be launching that rarity engine. So they're going to be offering a rarity engine for people, which is you know a big pain point for creators trying to come up with all that data. Customized alerts. They're going to be having a listing tool for spotting trends, which is really interesting. Um, and they're going to have free notifications, virtually free notifications. They're going to cost um, zero point or 0.05 HBAR or their tier token. Uh, but notifications are going to be a big thing. That's a trend that I've been noticing in the ecosystem, like with the LedgerWork Century product. I love notifications. It's so handy to understand in real time what's happening on the network for things that I care about, right? Whether it's a wallet that I have or a collection that I'm following. 
or another account that I'm watching, you know, it's those alerts are so cool. And it, again, when we're talking about that Dovu charger program, right? And we're paying for these alerts. <clears throat> imagine a system where you pay for each alert. You do like a micropayment of, let's say, a fifth of a penny or something per alert. Like, it's just that Dovu charger initiative is just so cool. So um, kind of every time I hear about micropayments and stuff, I'm, but that Dovu charger stuff pops in my head. Um, <clears throat> now, the advanced analytics suite from NFT, -er, um, they're going to enable those native functionalities without the need for smart contracts. And that's important for Hedera because a lot of the activity in regards to NFTs and utilities and really the DNA of the ecosystem is right on the protocol layer. These NF Most NFTs, like I'd say 99% of the NFTs minted on Hedera don't involve smart contracts. They're, they're tokens, the same as HBAR. So they've got some specific stuff for that. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of good community support for NFT or so. Um, shout out to them. And uh, I think that um, it'll be interesting. I haven't had a chance to dive into the the, the new uh, platform that they have for these advanced analytics. I want to give it a try. I'm interested to see um, how easy it is for the average user because it's going to be so interesting to see um, when regular people who maybe aren't totally plugged in as crypto people have access to these easy tools that they can start to understand what's happening on these networks. That's going to be really fun because um, it's going to allow people to more quickly make sense of everything. Um, so shout out to NFT. -er. I love it. Love seeing new features come out. Um, and let's do a little bit of a rapid fire here. We got a, we got a couple quick stories to, to get through here because um, yeah, there's a, there, there's a, a few things that have been happening. Um, so one thing is, um, let me see here. So Timeless, again, another ESG kind of sustainability use case. Timeless has migrated to Google Cloud. Um, so Google is a governing council member um, for Hedera, as, as, you know, as most know. And seeing a use case on Hedera migrating to a governing council member's product, right, Google Cloud, um, shows potentially some some more in-depth collaboration between governing council members and um, more established projects that have maybe reached um, a deeper maturity. Also remember, Timeless has partnered with Dovu. So all of this kind of connective tissue is happening. Um, and that's really great to see. Um, so I dig it. Google Cloud, Timeless. Let's see what happens. This just also too any any information that I get about Google getting more involved or um, yeah more involved with projects on Hedera, the more excited I get because I'm learning more and more that Google is is really one of the if not the most engaged governing council member, um, and <clears throat> to me, it's really important that. Uh, there's a there's a phrase that Steve Jobs would bring up many times, and he said, you've got to be a yardstick for success in your company. 
Like you really have to be the thing that other people in your company can measure themselves against. So you really have to bring your A game. You got to be the best that you can be. And I really hope that of a lot of these core governing council members that we see having high attendance at these meetings and stuff, as much as I want to see um, less engaged governing council members engage more, I also like seeing highly engaged governing council members um, increase their engagement just because, again, I want the example to be set and Google, it's just really important that they're involved in what Hedera is doing. Um, so good to see that. Influencers have been talking about Hedera a lot more. That's another thing I've noticed. Like there was recently a video posted by uh, Fire Hustle. Um, there's also a bunch of other stuff like BSC News. I'm seeing a lot. Um, it, to me, I'm just I'm getting the feeling. I don't know if anyone else feels this way. Maybe leave a comment or uh, let me know. But I get the sense that Hedera or the HBAR Foundation is doing more of that paid influencer engagement. Um, some of it's really good. Some of it is like kind of weird. Like there'll be interviews or videos about Hedera that are shared by brands that let's say have a million followers on Twitter, but I go to the YouTube video and the YouTube video has like 310 views or something. So it's weird. I, I think Hedera and the HBAR foundation is really <clears throat> diving into that, um, paid, uh, influencer ocean for the first time in a way that's the sense i get also i think there's a lot of organic stuff happening too i think that genuinely hedera is grabbing eyeballs especially over recent weeks and months with the um fed now stuff the hyundai stuff um and all all those different things so i think that a lot more influencer stuff is happening um, and you know, I dig it and nothing, nothing to pass up. One thing that's grabbing people's attention too is Coindesk. I've also seen Coindesk, um, publishing a lot with Hedera and it has been mentioned by Zepsi, I believe at the HBAR foundation that Coindesk is going to be more involved with the Hedera news cycle going forward. So when major announcements come out from Hedera, I think they're going to be working with Coindesk a little more closely so they can. I guess, publish more accurate news because some of the news that comes out about Hedera has been, you know, we've, we've read it, we've been like, they don't get it or they're not covering it correctly. So it seems like there's also deeper relationships being formed uh, between these press outlets and Hedera, HBAR Foundation, et cetera. So Coindesk published um, a tweet that said, quote, uh, and, and again, uh, this was on August 31st, so a couple of days ago, but I want to just highlight this as a moment in time that probably is grabbing people's attention and probably, you know, one of the reasons why we're getting more influencer or an example as of why we're getting more influencer coverage is quote, Coindesk says, Ethereum is up 44% in 2023, but August has not been a strong month. The Coindesk smart contract platform index, which includes Ethereum, as well as projects like Optimism and Algorand is down roughly 10% so far this month. The most notable outlier is Hedera Hashgraph's HBAR, which shot up in price after the U.S. Federal Reserve Instant Payments Platform, FedNow, added drop as a Hedera-based micropayments platform as a service provider. The HBAR token was sitting on a 10% gain for August. So in August, a few things aligned and Hedera stood out, right, in a very good way. And we're seeing the results of that. 
<clears throat> I'd like to see higher quality coverage still. Some of the influencer stuff, it feels like paid influencer stuff. It feels weird. I don't know. I'm not totally about it, but it is what it is. Um, it's good to see things headed in that kind of retail um, direction. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, coupons. Uh, it's been too long since I've talked about coupons. Anyone who listens to this show knows I talk about coupons a lot. Um, why do I talk about coupons a lot? Well, the current 8110 coupon standard in the world that all of your coupons run through, it sucks. There's a lot of fraud. All of your coupons have to be sent down to Mexico to be manually counted. It's a nightmare. Brands don't have any idea what's going on. They want to do all sorts of new exciting things, but uh, retailers are slow to move. Uh, there's slow old technology. I mean, if you ever been to a retail store and you look at the, the checkout systems they're using, it's like, it's crazy. It's all, it's all outdated. It's a nightmare. So <clears throat> they're going to fix that. There's a new 8112 digital coupon standard that is coming. It is coming, but it's been very slow and disappointing. Uh, but the exciting thing about it is, is it's going to strip away all the complexities for brands so they can do all sorts of crazy, exciting things and customer engagements and loyalty programs without having retail stores need to do a bunch of different things. And all these, you know, millions and billions of coupons are going to run through Videra Hashgraph. It's going to make everything great. The fraud is going to be eliminated. It's so, so beautiful. And the best part is, is that it's a new standard. So what it means is the old standard is going to go away. The new standard is going to be used by everybody. That's the way things work in that industry. And it's taking forever. We were promised last year, right? And now most recently, the estimates are quarter four this year, things are going to be going live. I imagine it's going to be pushed back sooner. And the problem is, is not brands, right? When we look at the brands that are going to be using it, the major brands, they are excited about it. They want to start using it. The value proposition is there. It's great. But when we look at the retailers, the people actually selling the products with those systems that have to take a lot of this tech debt on to develop these and do these updates, they're dragging their heels, right? And it's slowing things down. It's a learning curve, all these different types of things. And so an update from Brandy Johnson, the CEO at the Coupon Bureau, and the Coupon Bureau is the organization spearheading the effort for these new coupons. And again, it can't be stressed how big this is. Like the coupon stuff is big. It's just slow and it's been disappointing and we're waiting on it. But Brandy Johnson shares to LinkedIn, quote, the path to success is really smooth. Building the Coupon Bureau has been an incredibly challenging journey, but also the most rewarding accomplishment in my career. At times, it felt like we were facing an uphill battle, navigating the complexities of the coupon industry. But with the unwavering determination, we continue to believe in the vision and the impact it will make. Uh, to my incredible team, blah, 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 thank you. Um, and we continue this journey. I'm excited for what lies ahead. So clearly the CEO of the Coupon Bureau expressing a sentiment of, yes, this has taken a long time. It bums me out, but there has been successes. Things are moving forward and we should continue to see this use case grow. It's just slow. Um, and I feel hopeful about it. I'm excited about it. It, you know, <clears throat> why I'm excited about coupons is because when my mom saves, you know, 20% on milk at the grocery store and she uses her co digital coupon in the future. 
She'll be using Hedera Hashgraph without even knowing it. It's kind of what Lehman talks about, right? Lehman, the you know creative Hashgraph. It's like he talks about this: the fact that most people will be using distributed ledgers without even realizing it. So that's a big element here. Coupons is big. I'm excited for it. Hurry it up. It's taking too long. Um, Brady from Swirls. <clears throat> Brady is uh, 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 marketing at Swirls, director of marketing, or sorry, at Hedera. Shout out. Um, he tweets um, an image of something we talked about in the last episode of the news, which was the consensus time on the network dropped below five seconds, which is huge. Not only does it communicate to us that they're preparing for an influx of mainnet transactions, but it also shows that the network can be super performant. And he says, quote, excited to share what this is all about in a blog post with Core Hedera Engineering. Another update coming in October and blog post estimated to be published by end of October. So we talked about this last week, as I said, it looks to me as though all signs are pointing to Hedera preparing for a lot of scale. I think a theme I'm hearing as well is the March 9th attack on the network that caused the proxies to need to shut down, um, that caused $600,000 to be stolen, um, exploits in the, in the, in the, the, uh, smart contracts, all those different types of things. We talked about that. Um, there was a three hour show that I did. I walked through everything, but anyways, if you're unfamiliar with that, it was a crazy time. It's all resolved. It was handled really well, but that, that exploit caused a lot of extra work to need to be done. So things were pushed back. And so to me, it feels like Hedera and Swirls are playing catch up to scale the network. And it sounds like a lot of things are coming into place that would necessitate the scaling of the network, right? To accommodate more transactions faster. And this gets me excited. I'm looking forward to Brady's article. The next time I see him tune into the show, I'm going to bring him up. I'm going to talk to him. Maybe I'll get him on for an interview. I'm excited. I haven't had Brady on the show for a long time. It's been too long. Brady, I miss you. If you if you hear this, let's get it. Let's get something going on. Um also, Hashpack has done a big, big update. Hashpack adding the ability for NFT domain holders to set their domain name as a username on Hashpack Wallet. So Hashpack has created a, a kind of account profile element to the wallet. So not only can you have your Hedera account ID, right? Your 0.0.1234567. And so people kind of know who you are and you can send things back and forth. Also in Hashpack, you can set a profile picture. And now you can use one of these um, NFT domain names as your profile name. So .hbar, .hangry, .boo. All those different ones that are out that folks have in their wallets. You can go to your hash pack and you can set your username as your NFT domain name, which is kind of cool. This is bringing utility for these domain names. I love to see that. When these domain names launched early on, you know, we there was like a Google Chrome plugin. So you could like connect it to a website. Um, there was... Uh, the ability to send transfers back and forth using the domain names and wallets. It was kind of cool. 
but it's great to see more utility added to these domain names as the ecosystem kind of expands and grows. And um, yeah, it's good to see. So one thing that Hashpack notes is <clears throat> this is going to lead to something big coming soon. Um, and we kind of have yet to see what that's about. Um, but Tyler from Hashpack reached out to me directly before the show saying, you know, let people know that this is going to lead to something important and to keep an eye out. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said. Let me, let me load up my, uh, my message. Um, uh, also to Tyler, if you're, if you're listening to the recording or whatever, shout out. Um, yeah, he says it, it is the usernames and account pictures are leading to something. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out. And I think I remember him mentioning that I can't remember. He mentioned something else to me. I can't remember off the top of my mind, but hashback, keep an eye out people. Um, what else we got going on? Um, Hedera deleted some tweets. It bums me out. Um, we're going to talk about it. I don't like seeing Hedera delete tweets because the one that they deleted was so great. Spicy. Got deleted. A lot of people lost it. I got a screenshot of it, which is great. Uh, before we go on, though, <clears throat> the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show averages about 500 listeners every week on Spaces and hundreds more on podcast platforms. If you go back and scroll through the past episodes, it's crazy. Like some of these episodes of the news get like 1,600 listeners. It's wild. Um, and the interviews, um, like my interview with Matt on Friday, like almost 250 listens just on Twitter Spaces, never mind other podcast platforms and stuff. Like that's close to, you know, 500 just on its own or 1,000. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's just me talking on a Twitter space. I don't even sound that great, but people really enjoy it. And together we want to make the show better. So, um, over the years I've covered every major news event, unpacked almost every juicy rumor and hosted countless in-depth discussions with important figures in the Hedera ecosystem. And I've done it all live. It's a blast. If you'd like to support the show, consider making an HBAR donation. Like many folks in the HBAR community have been doing. Even a few bucks add up. Um, I'm going to be sounding better soon. I'm investing in new technology and equipment. Um, I'm already using um, some new technology to clean up the audio and make it sound better. Um, also, I'm leveraging AI more. I've got a whole new workflow and production system for research uh, to try to get more out of the show and bring you uh, just as much information as I can, as simply as possible. So improvements happening all around. It's because of folks contributing to the show. When I see more HBAR being added to the Hashgraph Enthusiasts Hedera account, it sends me a message and motivates me um, to continue to grow this show. And more importantly than that, I'll get people sending a, you know, a little bit of HBAR here and there and the memos that they use for those contributions are so fun and encouraging and supportive. Like, great show. I love the recent episode. Like, <clears throat> I think there's somebody regularly that'll send me like 10 HBAR after every show. Like, love the show. Um, love listening to the episode. Just, I guess, using transaction memos as like a, a direct message, I guess. So it's just, sure, it's like a little, you know, couple cents donation to the show, but... 
It's fun. It, it's just, it's cool. So uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can send a contribution to enthusiasts or sorry, enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. Fun memos are appreciated. The show's full Hedera address is in the podcast show notes, YouTube description, and in the mega thread up in the Jumbotron for the folks listening live. What I'll do is I'll just pin um, a tweet that has all the information you need. Um, I guess, yeah, you could send a 10H bar donation now and include a memo. And it's kind of like, and I use the Ledgerworks Sentry product. So I get an email notification. So it's you, you kind of like send me an email almost. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, so. Um, appreciate it. Um, get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Also, leave a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Leave a comment on YouTube. Like it helps the show. It does help the show big time. I appreciate all the feedback. Let me know how I can make the show better. All that good stuff. Brought to you by listeners like you. Now, let's talk about this. Twitter shenanigans, tomfoolery <clears throat> that's been happening. And maybe I'll tease who my next guest is on the show. Maybe. So, um, Hedera tweeted out the following on August 27th. They tweeted out, quote, and, the, and I will say, I'll, again, this is a real tweet that was sent out from the Hedera Twitter account. It said, quote, keep complaining. Keep talking about your potential. Why don't you talk about your utility? Stop talking about what could be done. Start talking about what is being done. And I see tweets like that coming out from the Hedera account. And I'm like, Jesus, like immediately I think about like these gold bugs and boomer investors and H bar. God bless you all. I love you. So, so by the way, so many like older folks listen to this show. You know, I'm kidding. I love you guys. I've I, when I became an HBAR investor, I became an HBAR investor and some of my closest friends in this ecosystem are older, older folks that are, you know, precious metal investor guys, all that kind of good stuff straight down. Some of the smartest people I know, but they see tweets like this and they freak out, <laughs> right? It just, I see tweets like this and I go, this is dope. This is fun. This is sassy. This is spicy. I love this. And so it really, I mean, HBAR Foundation sent out a tweet like this recently, like the NPC one where it's like gang gang, HBAR to the moon, carbon neutral, right? It, it, and it was just like, these tweets caused such a split reaction from the community overall. And this tweet was deleted. It's happened before. And it just shows to me that there's this internal... I don't want to say struggle or battle. There's just an internal disruption happening within Hedera of this new kind of brand identity, trying to break free, right? There's so much pressure on Hedera to get more with the cool kids, right? Become more relatable for the actual crypto ecosystem, the culture of that ecosystem. And I think tweets like this are great, but I think it rubs people the wrong way. I think it rubs the legal department the wrong way, for sure. I think it also rubs the governing council the wrong way. Um, and it's happened many times in the past. Um, and I've talked about it on the show. And so maybe I'll give you guys a teaser. I'll give you guys a big teaser 
about who my next guest is. And not, and I'll just tell you who it is. Um, what happens with these tweets and these social media things is it, it's only been since this year where Hader has been sending out these wacky tweets that I love and they get deleted. And I'm always going, what's going on? Who is this doing this? And why do they keep getting deleted? And what's their strategy? Like, why do they keep putting themselves through this? I know social media managers. I know how hard it is. I do social media management for some brands in the Hedera ecosystem. And, you know, it's like you, you win some, you lose some, but you want to put things out and you, and you put things out. Sometimes that are a little edgy or push, you know, push the envelope. And, and sometimes that's what needs to be done. When you got a big corporation, a big organization, um, you have to go through all of these different checks and balances, all these processes, all these approvals. And that just doesn't work in web three. It doesn't work in, in, in X, right. In Twitter and social media, things are fast. You have to be able to respond to a current trend or tap into something in the moment right away. Right. You're, you're not talking days or weeks. You're talking minutes and seconds, right? That's where the value is. And <clears throat> for me, I watch the Adara Twitter account, you know, try and, uh, ride this wave. They're having a they're having a tough time, and I think to myself, I go, "Who is this sending these tweets? What are they trying to accomplish? What is this struggle? What is this battle? What's going on?" And it made me realize that one of the most interesting people I could talk to right now in the ecosystem is the person running the Hedera Twitter account, because that person probably has a lot of interesting insights into. The topic so many of us are focused on is that intersection of Hedera and retail. I talk about it a lot. There's these two separate worlds. There's the enterprise governing council, um, you know, big, big wig suits um, world. And then there's the the retail crypto community, NFT, DeFi, DGen world, right? The traditional crypto world. And Hedera, we want to try to get these worlds together, but it's tough. And a lot of people are saying, hey, HBAR Foundation, hey, Hedera, you have to be more cool. You have to focus on retail more. You have to capture the attention, spread this awareness in new ways, right? Crypt like crypto retail doesn't care about a lot of things you talk about. You have to talk about things that they're interested in. You have to present yourself in a way that's appealing, that fits the tone. And they're trying to do that. Hedera is trying to do that. Whoever's running that Twitter account is trying to do that. And the tweets get deleted. There's a, there's a, something's going on. I want to know what's going on. So my next guest on the show, which will be happening, uh, on Friday, uh, September 8th at 10 AM Eastern live will be the social media manager for the Hedera Twitter account. Um, I want to have a conversation. Um, I want to see what's going on. I want to offer moral support. I want this social media manager of the Hedera Twitter account to know that the community is behind them 100%. I want to ask them, what can we do to help you do more of this stuff? Send more of these cool tweets out. Raise that awareness. We need Hedera, the brand, right? Hedera, the voice to be more retail focused. Um, and to align a little more with what crypto people are all about, what we're all about. And it is very spooky and weird for 
a lot of these kind of old school investors, right? And kind of more hardcore H barbarian maxis, right? Some of these really hardcore hash graph enthusiasts. Um, this kind of, you know, degen speak is weird, but it's important. So I'm going to be having a conversation next week with the social media manager for Hedera. Um, we are going to talk about these topics. We're going to figure out what's going on. And we're going to see if there's any ways that the community can align with this stuff. How can we vibe together? How can we try to make a situation where Hedera can send out more of these tweets? Um, and what's the journey like on the inside? You know, what's happening? And um, also too, right? Think about this. The social media manager for the Hedera Twitter account probably has a lot of great advice when it comes to, um, you know, managing your social media account or running uh, a, a large brand and some of those challenges, how to overcome them, um, lessons throughout their career. So that's going to be really exciting. And my interview with them will be on Friday. That's the teaser. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a great conversation. The social media manager for Hedera. Um, if you're listening right now, shout out to you. Um, don't send out any more crazy tweets until the interview, please. I don't want you to get in trouble. I want to be able to do the interview. I don't want to have anything happen. So don't rock the boat. Thank you. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. So what else we got going on? Um, we have, let me see if there's any like other little stories I want to get out of the way here before we dive into the rest of this here. Um, I, I mean, I talked about, um, X and their creator program <laughs> X. This is a great kind of tie into everyone's wondering, you know, what's going on with X. Um, they got a, they, they're going to be doing crypto payments soon, all these different types of things. So I wanted to talk about this real quick and then tie it into another story. Um, so X support tweeted out the following quote, in recent days, our teams have stepped up enforcement on platform manipulation of our monetization features. Jesus, bear with me, folks. This included several high follower accounts, such as at history in memes, who was temporarily suspended for selling slash purchasing post or account metric inflation, selling or purchasing followers or engagements. Um, such actions will not be tolerated and could result in permanent suspension. We aim to create a fair playing, blah, 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 whatever. So basically the issue is, is that the way that creators make money on X or Twitter is they get a cut of advertising revenue on their tweets. So people engagement farm, they post tweets to make you angry. You comment on them. The tweets get more reach. And because there's a bunch of angry or confused or, you know, like whatever it is, commenting and, you know, replying and whatever, it means there's more ad impressions. And the person who made that tweet gets a cut of all the ad impressions. So it, it, it kind of incentivizes this weird behavior on X where people are posting content that will earn them the most money, which indirectly means that they're trying to post content that's going to get the most ad impressions. And it's just weird... And it just shows the big problem with the fact that social media is so different than a social network, right? Twitter 
X is an advertising company, right? Meta is an advertising company. Um, it, that's all they are. And, and, and so those incentives are just always going to be misaligned. They have to kind of go full web three. And it makes me think about apps like Galaxy and other social media use cases we've seen built on Hedera, right? Where, for example, you have micropayments where if you like a post, it sends a micropayment to the creator. Um, those, or, you know, for example, if um, you're doing really great, they can send you a donation. There's no advertising on the platform. There's no data harvesting. The business models of those protocols or social media platforms are completely different. And those incentives are aligned in a whole other different way. So all I'm trying to say is <clears throat> the business model just doesn't work for the future of social media. And it's clear with the issues that X is experiencing, trying to figure out how to do these types of things. And I mean, bottom line, it's great to see creators making money. I've seen the screenshots of the emails and they're making a couple hundred bucks and that's fantastic. I think it's great, but it's just, it, it to me, <laughs> it feels like the tail end of of social media as we know it, the business model has to change. But this brings us to our next big story, which kind of which which, which ties into this really nicely, which is um, uh, X right gets green light for crypto payments in multiple states. So that criticism that I give on X. And the way that these platforms work and these incentives being misaligned, it's clear that, you know, even at X, you know, lots of smart people work at these different uh, platforms. And it's clear that things have to change. And a sign of this is the fact that <clears throat> this time we're turning our heads towards a different potential business model. And the social media platform X is potentially transforming into a crypto payments powerhouse. <clears throat> so X has acquired money transmitter licenses and they want to expand beyond social media, right? Elon Musk talks about this a lot. X, the everything app, comparing it to WeChat in China, where you have your banking, your social media, all these different types of things. That's worked really well there. Obviously, China is much more culturally different than the than the you know than the West, so it's a it's a different challenge. There's all these different types of considerations to make. Excuse me, I'm just going to sneeze real quick. These dang flabbit allergies, I'm telling you. So Elon Musk wants to do X, the everything app. The first next step is crypto. Obviously, we know Elon is hype on crypto, so. What are the implications for the crypto industry, including Hedera, right? So what's a money transmitter license? So it's a legal requirement for companies to transmit money, including crypto. So it's basically a license to move money around in, in a very high commercial capacity. And um, the, the, the U.S. states where X has acquired money transmitter licenses are Arizona, Maryland, Georgia, Michigan, Missouri, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. They've granted licenses to X. Very fascinating. <clears throat> and this is going to allow X to directly process both traditional and crypto payments. So when we look at Galaxy and we look at the ability to add a credit card in and boom, grab crypto right in your Galaxy, 
is X going to add the capability of having a digital wallet in the platform? That's what this leads me to suspect. And when you have a digital wallet with tokenized assets inside of it, it allows you to do different things on the platform. We talked about earlier in the show, Dovu's um, charger use case, where you kind of have micropayments tied to APIs, right? All sorts of different things can come into play. So imagine in your X app, you know, your Twitter app, you know, you got your different tabs, like your home, explore, notifications, messages. You might have a new one called wallet. Maybe you got some Ethereum in there. Maybe you got some HBAR in there. So what's going on with this? So, <clears throat> um, obviously Elon wants to make X the everything app and these licenses indicate a move towards nationwide payment processing. And you can also think of this as kind of PayPal and Venmo. And again, Galaxy uses PayPal and Venmo as an example of what they want to do. And so if there's any door to be opened for mainstream adoption of crypto payments, it would be a social media, social network platform like X incorporating that into the platform. I'm very curious to see how that works. And when we look at what assets would be available, obviously Elon talks about Bitcoin and Doge and all these different coins. There's also the other top ones like Cardano and um, Algorand and Ethereum and Solana. So you think about what crypto, what tokenized assets, you know, including, you know, stable coins like USDC and USD, uh, and USDT. Um, and again, also makes you think how, what, what is the bigger picture of this? And my brain goes to, okay, I've got a digital wallet integrated into X and I can send I can do kind of similar things that I can on Galaxy. Um, maybe I can send payments through DMs, uh, leveraging this money transmitter license. It's really interesting. So the thing with Galaxy is it's built on Hedera and it's fast and it's beautiful, right? Because it's leveraging Hashgraph. Is X going to leverage Hedera Hashgraph? Um, Really, no one can. No one knows. No one can say. We we can recall that Elon has you know tweeted out the H bar symbol, but not referring to it as the H bar symbol. Instead, referring to it as the mathematical equation. He's also referred to the fact that certain blockchains can't scale. You're going to need what he calls a hash ledger, and quite frankly, it's you know I think it would be naive to think that Elon Musk isn't aware of Hedera Hashgraph. So if you look at the technology of Hedera Hashgraph, also all of the EVM compatibility work that they've been doing, MetaMask integrations, all these different types of things, is X going to integrate Hedera Hashgraph in any way? I would say more likely so than not. Um, and I, I'll say that for a few reasons. I got to sneeze one more time. Give me one sec. Okay. Every time I sneeze, I swear I got to, I got to, I owe everybody here 5H barb. Um, but what I will say is like, it does get you thinking about when Hashgraph really reaches that next, next, next level. 
And a part of me just says, Ugh, you've heard about these enterprise use cases, these government use cases that have tried out all these different networks. They haven't worked. They've ruled them out. They've migrated to Hedera. They're now building proof of concepts. Uh, they're building, um, they're, they're building, uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, use cases on Hedera. And there, it's it just, to me, I look at X, I look at these, these different social media platforms and I go, how deep are they already? How many networks have they looked into? Um, and I really feel that of all the different pieces of infrastructure, Hedera Hashgraph is going to be the one that they will probably end up having to use. And of course you can add layers on top of other networks like Ethereum and, you know, to make things more efficient, different things, but you sacrifice security and scalability and all those different types of things. So it's the big question in the air, but, um, this does open the door for mainstream adoption. And that's the big question, which networks and which technology will X leverage in the crypto space as they make this foray into crypto. Um, and this is a big step. They have acquired money licenses, so it's in motion. So they're not just all talk anymore. Um, they're looking to become a major player in the crypto payments arena. And we're all wondering which network <clears throat> X is going to integrate, including Hedera Hashgraph. So fascinating stuff. The uh, Coindesk article for this is in the mega thread, pins the top of the Jumbotron. Um, <clears throat> we got some other stories to talk about. Take a minute now, share the spaces with your friends. Uh, we're getting we're getting near the end of it here, but we got some some cool stories to talk about. The more the merrier. <clears throat> um, this is a bit of a rumor. This is a bit again. I want to go a little bit out there, but the the kind of the vibe today is like, what is going to drive mass adoption and so India's tech giant Reliance Industries is making waves in the blockchain and CBDC space. Here's why Hedera Hashgraph enthusiasts should pay attention. Reliance Industries is making an entry into blockchain and CBDCs. They're partnering with BlackRock. India has also made a lot of progress in CBDCs. And there is a little bit of relevance to Hashgraph. So um, if folks are unfamiliar with the terminology, right? CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, we've talked about it. I actually interviewed Carmel Cadet, who is the CEO of MTech, uh, on building CBDCs on Hedera. Um, and uh, so there is this uh, company, Gio Financial Services, um, this is the new uh, financial entity focusing on blockchain and CBDCs through Reliance Industries. And so who's Reliance Industries? Eh. So Mukesh Ambani is the chairman of Reliance Industries and Asia's richest man. And Reliance Industries is one of India's largest companies venturing into blockchain and CBDCs. And obviously we know who BlackRock is. So, uh, so Reliance is diving into blockchain CBDCs. What does this mean? So, um, Reliance launched 
Gile Financial Services to focus on payment infrastructure and blockchain. They've partnered with BlackRock. And Reliance Retail started accepting India's digital rupee during its pilot phase in February 2023. And this indicates a sig significant progress towards a full-scale CBDC launch. And um, Hedera could potentially be a blockchain platform that um, that JFS explores for its financial services and India's CBDC development could offer integration opportunities for Hedera. Um, we know also too that MTech, as I said, they're focusing on the CBDC space, leveraging Hedera Hashgraph, working with a lot of different governments. And also too, um, referencing Coinman, the age barbarian again, um, Coinman he recalled that India's National Institute of Smart Government proposal, uh, they proposed Hashgraph as a potential technology for a central digital rupee back in 2020. And now it's open source. So when we look at one of India's largest companies, um, chaired by the, the wealthiest man in Asia, um, partnering with BlackRock, and, and really diving headfirst into the blockchain and CBDC space. And we already have some, you know, admittedly loose ties to um, the, the the Indian National Institute for Smart Government and their, their kind of um, proposed use of Hashgraph. There's, you know, some different things coming into the forefront, but this is top of mind. This news article is top of mind for a lot of people in the crypto space. Because, of course, everybody's going, well, what if it could be this network? What if it could be that network? What technology are you going to leverage? The reason why is because this is this is big money. This is uh, an emerging market. A lot of exciting stuff. Uh, India is a hotbed for innovation, especially in the crypto space, for so many reasons. So this news story, I think, gets a lot of people excited. Um, and... You know, I think that this is a story to watch and every Hashgraph enthusiast should have uh, J-I-O, right? Jio Financial Services. Um, and, you know, this man, Mukesh Ambani, the chairman of Reliance Industries that created Jio Financial Services. Um, this is one to watch. This is one to check out. There's a couple connections there, a couple little breadcrumbs. It's always good to have. Uh, but... Outside of it being involved with the dare, it's a massive news story. So this, uh, you know, Reliance Industries foray into blockchain and CBDCs not only makes a significant moment for India's digital economy, but also opens up intriguing possibilities. There's a lot of stuff happening with Adair Hashgraph. As we talked about um, the India blockchain tour, um, the Hashgraph Association is partnering with um, the uh, the uh, what's it called? It's 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 called the there's another name for it, but the Indian Blockchain Tour, going around um, all the different provinces, going to be onboarding fifty thousand developers over time, half a million developers, partnering directly with the government. And again, this is the Hashgraph Association. These are 50,000 developers that will be onboarded to Hedera. So there is massive connection that I don't know if a lot of people 
understand just from a Hedera purview. And I read articles like this and it just connects a dot in my brain. I did, there's just a feeling there. So wanted to bring it up. Saucer Swap had their AMA recently um, and they talked about quite a few things. I just wanted to run through a couple of those. Um, so they're doing a lot of big things. They got their version two protocol coming out. We've talked about that. Um, I think, did I have, I, I swear I had someone from Saucer Swap recently on the show. Can't remember. No, that was right. They were busy. They couldn't make it on. That's right. I still got to have them on. I miss those guys. Um, it's been a while since I've had them on the show. I thought I had them on recently. So, um, Saucer Swap is going to be at the Hedera booth at the Austin Convention Center from September 11th to the 13th. So obviously the Saucer Swap team is going to be going out more into the forefront, which I like. Uh, it's it, it, They're going to be out in public and they're going to be being ambassadors for the Hedera ecosystem. So I dig that. Um, the audits for version two of their protocol um, are completed. They're just waiting for a final report from, um, how do you pronounce this? Omnisia. That's the company that's doing the audits for their version two protocol. And it can't be understated how big of an impact the version two protocol for saucer swap is going to have on their ecosystem. Um, it's going to change things completely. Um, the uh, fee tiers in saucer swap version two, they also, uh, in their AMA, they talked about uh, the new version will feature a multi-tiered fee structure offering more flexibility for liquidity pools. They talked about cross-chain partnerships and token migrations. Um, the, you know, they're open to cross-chain partnerships and they're already seeing projects like Bank Social planning to migrate their tokens. So there is Saucer Swap's profile, I think, in the overall DeFi ecosystem and crypto is starting to get a little more prominent, which is great. And I think that, um, they're, that the product that they're offering has a lot of competitive things that I think some folks on other networks are starting to notice. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how SaucerSwap navigates some of these uh, potential um, cross-chain partnerships. That's going to be really fascinating. Um, and uh, they, they also noted Head Starter is still an active partner and is involved with due diligence reports for tokens to be added to SaucerSwap, right? Head Starter with their Sentinel product, um, and that basically is a way for tokens to be reviewed, to have that due diligence done before they're added to saucer swap as an approved asset. So that's good to know. So basically go check out that AMA from saucer swap. Those are just some cool notes. Um, but we talked a little more in depth a couple episodes ago about what's happening to saucer swap. Go back and listen to that episode. I can't remember exactly which one it is, but, um, one to keep another one to keep an eye on. I don't know exactly what the timing is going to be for the version two protocol. It sounds to me like it might be a couple of weeks. Don't quote me on that, but um, it seems like things are coming along. So I'm excited. Uh, and I think that, uh, again, something else to keep an eye on. Um, in the rumor category of this, again, ServiceNow, a Hedera governing council member, NVIDIA, and Accenture team up for an AI revolution, hold on to your seats, folks. The future of AI just got a turbo boost with ServiceNow, NVIDIA, 
and Accenture joining forces. So what does this mean for Hedera, right? ServiceNow is a Hedera governing council member. This is a big headline. This is exciting for a lot of people. And I think that it got onto the radar of um, HBarbarians, notably Sivo, at Parabolic HBar on Twitter, posted about this, caught my attention. So what's going on? Um, so ServiceNow, NVIDIA, and Accenture. So there's a strategic partnership for AI development. Uh, there's the launch of the AI Lighthouse program. There's co-development between NVIDIA, ServiceNow, and Accenture, right? And Accenture is a global professional services company. Um, NVIDIA, obviously the GPU company. And ServiceNow is the enterprise software company focusing on digital workflows, governing council member. Um, and they want to transform businesses with AI, right? Businesses are all ready for AI. They need more powerful stuff. Obviously, when you look at ServiceNow and Accenture, when you look at business workflows, this could be really powerful. And ServiceNow and Lehman Baird and Hedera have often talked about the roles in which tokenization will play in those business workflows. Also, Lehman very recently talking about AI and tokenization at the Google Talk recently and the need for um, DLTs and, and, and distributed ledger technologies to support AI, right? He says that it's more likely that DLTs will, will affect AI than AI will affect DLTs, right? DLTs will bring trust, provenance to AI so you can know, for example, whether something was generated with AI or not, or when exactly it was, or all sorts of different things about it. It's going to be so important in a world leveraging AI to have tokenization and distributed ledger technology. So um, when you look at this possible partnership and going into the manufacturing, healthcare, uh, and other industries and reinventing processes like underwriting, supply chains, and patient care, and you look at the names attached to it, like ServiceNow, NVIDIA, and Accenture, this partnership it, it just brings my brain to, oh, there's a governing council member tied to it. We're hearing more and more about governing council member use cases. Could this potentially be one of those use cases from ServiceNow? That's in the back of my mind uh, and something for people to keep an eye on. So ServiceNow is working with NVIDIA and Accenture. They're doing some AI stuff. Are they using Hedera Hashgraph? I don't know. It's another one for the rumor books, and I want it on your radar. Um, this also brought us to um, the talk that Lehman gave at Google, kind of in a roundtable keynote structure. Um, he talked about revenue streams at the intersection of Web3 and AI. And essentially, you know, Lehman's like, imagine a world where everything from your house to carbon credits is tokenized, and Hedera Hashgraph is at the forefront of making that a reality. And the main topics here that Lehman was talking about is um, Hedera Hashgraph enabling markets for tokenization, carbon credits, reducing fraud, uh, tokenization in real estate. Um, and again, specifically saying AI is more likely to benefit from Web3 than vice versa. And Web3 can solve those data management and privacy issues in AI. 
and assist in code generate an AI can assist in code generation, formal methods, making development more efficient. So it will feed back into development of um, distributed ledger technology. So there's a little bit of a, a fulfilling cycle. Um, and he just basically was stressing the importance of these technologies. And to me, it really felt like um, he was aware of the ServiceNow use case and the fact that governing council members are obviously going to be looking at AI and those different types of things. So, And the fact also, too, that Lehman and Mance, they both started work together. Their careers began in kind of artificial intelligence. So I think that we're going to be hearing more from Lehman, from Hedera, from Swirls in regards to AI, which is huge. So that's going to be another thing to watch. I'm very curious at the topics in the intersection of Hashgraph and AI. Um, also this week, the courts have sided with Grayscale over the SEC boosting the crypto markets. So... A court ruling just gave Bitcoin a 7% boost, and this was as of a couple days ago, and is shaking up the entire crypto ecosystem. And uh, the court ruling was in favor of Grayscale against the SEC. Um, there's regulatory implications for the crypto industry because of this, and there is some relevance to Hedera Hashgraph. So some key terms here. ETF means exchange-traded fund. So an investment fund that is traded on stock exchanges and um, Grayscale is a leading crypto investment firm. The SEC is obviously, you know, the U.S. regulatory body that lost the case. Um, and, you know, BlackRock, Fidelity, WisdomTree, VanEck, Invesco, these are companies with pending Bitcoin ETF applications that could be impacted by this ruling. So... Bitcoin spot ETFs want to come to the market so you can buy Bitcoin without actually having to buy Bitcoin. It allows people with lots of money to go to somebody like a BlackRock, like a Fidelity, right? And say, I want to buy a bunch of Bitcoin through a product like an ETF into my existing portfolio. And right now that's not really that possible. They And if you had a Bitcoin ETF on the market, there'll be a lot more money flowing into Bitcoin. It's going to unlock a lot of liquidity. It's huge. But the SEC has said, no, no, no. Uh, there's lots of problems with it. And this court ruling, this is the breakdown. The U.S. Court of Appeals ruled in favor of Grayscale. And of course, Grayscale is a leading in crypto investment firm. They, the, the court ruled in favor of Grayscale, allowing them to convert their Bitcoin trust into an ETF. The court called the SEC's denial arbitrary and capricious. That's a word for you. So basically the court's like, SEC, come on, guys. Come on. Um, when this court ruling happened, the crypto market saw uh, about a 7% surge. So it's clear that any small wins around the topic of a Bitcoin ETF is very bullish. And I think a lot of people are excited about the possibility of a Bitcoin ETF. So the ruling may have paved the way for some of these Bitcoin ETFs, but, and it also challenges the SEC's approach to regulating crypto. This has been a point of contention. 
There's been a couple different wins here and there, kind of beating back the SEC, but the, there's continual delays and slow rolling. It's very clear that it's going to be very difficult to have this regulatory clarity and for these Bitcoin ETFs to come to market. Um, now, the news really kind of directly affects Bitcoin, but this sets a precedent that could benefit other blockchains, you know, like Hedera Hashgraph by using regulatory hurdles. So these little wins here and there are worth paying attention to because even though they might not be directly related to Hedera, it does have impacts. And generally, you know, when the price of Bitcoin goes up, Hedera Hashgraph goes up. It's an altcoin that, that generally follows um, the price of Bitcoin. Um, now, is this ruling going to move the needle a lot? I don't know. Um, you know, the co-founder of Hedera, Mance Harmon, recently on an interview uh, mentioned that he doesn't really see a lot of movement happening or change happening in the next year or so. He says if there is going to be change happening, it's going to be in Wall Street. So here's Wall Street trying to do what they can do. Um, and, you know, they're, 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 they're dead in places. You know, Wall Street isn't, you know, just good guys. There's a lot of not so great people on Wall Street. But if anyone's going to be able to move the needle in crypto, it's going to be Wall Street. So we'll have to see. Um, last big story of the day I just wanted to talk about was the recent HBAR bull episode that uh, was published on Friday. Always a great show. I love it. Um, Rob Allen from the Hashgraph Association was wearing a Timeless t-shirt, which was cool. Um, he was asked a question in regards to the recent meeting minutes that we talked about from the governing council regarding the denial of that new member, right? If you recall, um, you know, per those meeting minutes, there was a entity trying to join the governing council. The governing council entered into an executive session to discuss it. And the decision ultimately was that that member did not meet the criteria to join the governing council and they were denied. So um, people had questions about that. And Rob Allen basically said, hey, I've sat on the membership committee. I understand how these things work. They are looking for well-known companies with use cases. They need to be diverse. And he also mentioned that governing council members pitch Hedera instead of the other way around, right? As we've heard about the early days from Manson Lehman, they were constantly pitching to companies to join the governing council, right? Now the governing council is constantly pitching the other way around and saying, hey, we need this person, we need that person. So a very interesting new dynamic. It feels like there's a lot of change still happening with the membership committee. But a member was denied. Um, Rob Allen also highlighted updates from the Hashgraph Association's enterprise program. This was really interesting. They're currently working with five big enterprises, four of which are governing council members, and they're working on use cases related to supply chain, identity, rewards. That's big. Um, that's exciting. It's good to know that there's, you know, you know, five big enterprise use cases in the pipeline. They're currently onboarding another six right now, and three of those are governing council members. So that's cool to know. Um, those are covering the stablecoin and payments use cases as well. 
There are there. He mentioned too. There's a qualified pipeline now before onboarding. He said the projects are big and expensive, and he says that the association wants a quote main net outcome. So what that means is he wants results on the main net, which is great to hear. That's pretty aligned with the what the community wants to see, um, and so that's exciting. They got a healthy pipeline. They got you know five or ten big enterprises with big use cases. They have more on the way, and it sounds like stuff's cracking at the Hashgraph Association. I dig it. Um, and on, on, he was asked specifically on The Guardian, he says, um, things are going commercial now, right? Um, he talked specifically about carbon base, which we you know reviewed earlier in the show. That's the new carbon registry. Um, there's new levels of abstraction, which means that it's becoming easier and easier for regular people to use this network. Um, and, you know, Timeless launched Carbon Central. Like, there's all sorts of different things happening. So Rob Allen said that all of these kinds of um, these these use cases built within the Guardian ecosystem are getting more commercial. Um, so that's exciting. And also, too, on the HBAR Bull show, he had Christian, who's the head of marketing at Swirls, and he wanted to talk about how the marketing has changed. And this was a really interesting thing kind of going into my my uh, upcoming interview with the social media manager for Hedera on Friday. Um, so Christian Hasker said the goal of Hedera was to become a mass adopted ledger and the strategy to achieve this was enterprise adoption. The goal has always been to tell stories of applications built on top of the network not so much the network itself. So that's a you know a, a, an important insight and clear with the marketing. Highland Eye is following the same strategy that Avery Dennison did with Hedera and their use case. Enterprises watch what other enterprises are doing. And that right there, right, what he says is very interesting because you have use cases like Atma.io from Avery Dennison. And then you have corporations like Hyundai that... Literally, Hyundai watches Avery Dennison launch this Atma.io product, and these enterprises learn from each other. They follow in each other's footsteps. And so um, that was really interesting. And he says, it's also key that Hyundai is a giant company that isn't a governing council member. That's a major proof point. So that's something worth pointing out, that um, Hyundai building this use case on Hedera is a huge sign of kind of proof that the products and services that Hedera is making available at enterprises are useful. So that's big. Um, he talked about the community too. He says, we're doing a great job, pat on the back. Um, he says there are ripple effects being created. He also mentioned that there's a, you know, there's an increasing amount of spaces and shows, right? Including this one. Um, and uh, he mentions now is the time to get involved. He specifically said, right, the the the, the head of marketing for, for Swirls, right, Christian Hasker says now's the time to get started and start, you know, it's to get involved in, and, and build your brand around Hedera Hashgraph if you're doing a show or something like that. So I'm seeing many great shows. I saw Fatboy tuning in earlier from the NFT Table Talk show. I dig it. Um, and... He says, it feels like we're at an inflection point. He says, we no longer know everything happening in the ecosystem and nobody has a complete picture anymore. I talk about this a lot and it's true. Things have changed quite a bit. 
And really, it's impossible to have a complete picture of what's happening in the ecosystem now, which is exciting, but crazy. Um, and, you know, that's a big vibe. So Rob Allen and Christian Hasker giving some crazy useful insights on the HBAR bull show. Um, and yeah, let me see if we, let me see if we missed anything here. What a show this week. Oh my God. We have a, we had a lot to talk about. Um, oh, also, uh, the CEO of Envision blockchain, we talk about the guardian quite a bit and the guardian is a, a technology stack, a policy workflow engine, um, that, uh, enables Dovu, Timeless, a lot of these big use cases that we talk about. Um, and so the CEO of Envision Blockchain that creates the Guardian, Daniel, uh, Daniel Dorkin, I'd love to have him on the show. Um, he shared an article from carboncredits.com and the, the article says the following, quote, originally Shell aimed at spending $100 million each year on carbon offsets, right? Shell, uh, the oil company also targeted to generate 120 million carbon credits yearly by 2030 from natural carbon sequestration projects. These targets would have offset about 10% of Shell's carbon emissions. But with the company's recent revelation, they confirmed they're putting an end to those plans. However, the company hasn't revealed publicly any new plans for carbon credits or how they intend to meet their climate targets. According to Shell, those prior goals weren't attainable due to the lack of carbon offsets that meet its quality standards. An oil company is looking for carbon credits and it's not possible because there is a lack of carbon credits in the marketplace that meet its quality standards. I can't say this enough, folks. There is a supply and demand issue. There is trillions of dollars waiting to be put into use and there is not enough quality carbon offsets. You need to tokenize these. You need to digitize these carbon credits. That's what Dovu is doing. That's what all these other use cases are doing on Hedera through The Guardian. And the CEO of the company building The Guardian shared this article and said, quote, Will somebody tell Shell that our team has what they need? Fully audible offsets on Hedera created with the guardian to prove quality it's right here um and also envision blockchain and the guardian shared that they have their new open source dashboard where you can look at activity on their dashboard and i posted that wow according to their dashboard they've minted 1.2 billion tokens to testnet already that's kind of crazy and remember that's tokens that's not Hedera consensus service calls that earn a low amount of revenue for the network. These are token service transactions, which, which earn a high amount of revenue for the Hedera network. And there's 1.2 billion of them. So that blew my mind. That blew my mind. And I said, whoa, look at all the things that they minted the testnet. And the CEO of Envision Blockchain replied to that tweet. And um, he said to me, an interesting correction here. It's been over 1 billion tokens minted since the testnet reset. And he gave a, a bunch of eyeball emojis. And what that means is 
effectively, they've done 1.2 billion token transactions on the Hedera mainnet within a few weeks. That's huge. So imagine that on the Hedera mainnet. Imagine that many token transactions on the mainnet. That would be insane. So we have yet to see um, what that's about. That's a big, big thing. Wow. So another week behind us and another week ahead. Before I share my final quick thoughts for the week, a huge shout out to everyone listening live on Spaces right now. Another shout out to everyone listening to the recording on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And an extra shout out to all the supporters of the show. The contributions mean so much. And this is the big split. HBAR has been making moves on its own recently, splitting from the status quo. It feels like the crypto ecosystem is splitting in two with bulls saying one thing and bears saying another thing. Um, it just feels like there is a, you know, a lot more volatility, a lot more excitement, but a lot more risk, a lot more confusion. Um, there has been a big split and also a big split with the show. Um, the news is happening right now. I'm doing interviews separately. The show's growing. There's so much things happening. feels like my brain is going to split. My wife is out right now enjoying a bonfire. And I'm here talking on Twitter spaces. Maybe there's a better time for the show. I get a lot of feedback. We just saw Coinman the H Barbarian, an OG in the Hedera community, tweet out, that he wants to tune into the show live, but he can't because it's, you know, he's asleep right now. How many people are asleep right now? Too many people. I should be doing the show live when more people are awake. The big split. So much stuff is happening. You know, not much more needs to be said. I look at the H bar charts. We're under five cents. Who knows what's going to be happening? Um, and I feel like in so many different ways, even some of the topics we talked about, right? Social media, um, carbon offset use cases, all sorts of different things, CBDCs, tokenization, payments, rewards. It feels like things are splitting. We got the old way. We got the new way. We have people that don't want the new way and people that don't want the old way. And the gray area is becoming less gray. The black and white is becoming more pronounced. The pressure is building. The volatility is building. The expectations are building. Something's got to give. People are saying we're going to rocket down and bottom out at three cents for H bar. Some people are saying we're going to turn things up. We're going to head to 10 cents. Opinions are split. Everything's split. So we're just going to have to see... <laughs> But it is the big split. And that's a wrap for the Hashgraph Enthusiast News, episode 91, broadcast live on Twitter Spaces, or sorry, X Spaces, every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for now, and made available on all major podcast platforms the following Monday. Stay tuned for my next guest interview the social media manager for Hedera next Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. 
don't miss it. And make sure to listen to the previous news. Um, we, we actually talked about quite a few interesting things on the last week's news. So make sure to check that out too. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, you can send an HBAR contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. The show's full Hedera address is in the podcast show notes, YouTube description, and in the mega thread up on the Jumbotron. I appreciate each and every one of you. I don't want to do sponsors. I don't want to do advertisements. <clears throat> I appreciate the community support. We're almost at 10,000 HBAR donated to the show. It's a vibe. I dig it. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm doing a lot more with the show. I'm spending a lot of time every week on the show. It's only getting bigger and better. Get all the info you need about the show at itsbrandond.com slash HBAR. I'll see you next Sunday for the news. And as usual, for everyone listening live now, um, you know, if you see somebody listening and you're curious about what's going on with them, hit their profile picture, send them a DM, make the connection. That's what this is all about. Again, I appreciate all of you so much. Hello, future. Goodbye, past.